This is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Stuart Huff. I'm messing around with the idea of that human beings will do anything. There's nothing anybody could say to me that would really shock me about human behavior. And plus, on top of willing to do anything, they will also believe anything. Stuart Huff is a fascinating guy. He's got a lot of really interesting observations, not like airline peanut observations. I mean, like big philosophical, historical observations. And he tries to weave those into his comedy, or at least he has for the past couple of years. So we had a great chat with him. Uh, we have a song of the week coming up from Declan McKenna. He had the song of the week a couple of months ago, you might remember. But first, as always, a dumb bit. For lack of a better category, I'll file this under. What kind of nonsense is that? So we have a gubernatorial race going on in Ohio, as they say, and it's pretty hilarious, especially on the Republican side. Uh, So we have declared Mike DeWine, the Attorney General of Ohio. His running mate is John A. Husted, the former Ohio Secretary of State. No, it's the reverse. I'm sorry. No, uh, Mike DeWine is former senator. He is the Ohio Attorney General, and I believe Husted is the former Attorney General. Mary Taylor is the current Lieutenant Governor under Governor John Kasich, and her running mate is Nathan Estruth, a businessman. So let me see here. And then on the Democratic side, we have a ton of people, but uh, let's go to the Republicans uh, first and foremost because they're running a hilarious campaign to see who can be more like Donald Trump and less like Hillary Clinton and or Barack Obama, although Barack Obama plays into this on the Democratic side, which is pretty cool. Um so they're running towards all kinds of attack ads, uh, but this has to be the most hilarious being run by Mary Taylor against Mike DeWine. First of all, DeWine is an ad where it just says, if you like Trump, you'll like DeWine because he's with Trump on guns, on immigration, and uh, whatever other nonsense uh, Trump is for. So there's that. Uh, but then Mary Taylor comes back with this attack ad, which is absolutely hilarious. D.C. DeWine voted with Hillary Clinton 962 times. Amnesty for millions of illegals. Mrs. Clinton, I. Mr. DeWine, I. Wasteful spending that put America trillions in debt. Mrs. Clinton, I. Mr. DeWine, I. Gun control that trampled on the Second Amendment. Mrs. Clinton, I. Mr. DeWine, I. D.C. DeWine voted with Hillary over 900 times. Vote for the real conservative. Mary Taylor, made tough. This is straight out of Trump's playbook, or Trump's handler's playbook. Uh, first of all, catchy nickname, D.C. DeWine. He's outside of the establishment. He was a U.S. senator, so he's not he's not right for Ohio because he's been in Washington. And then all of these accusations against him, completely devoid of facts or of citations. And usually in these attack ads, the other attack ads they run... They at least have newspaper articles that I'm sure nobody looks up, but it'll say Cleveland Plain Dealer, June 5th, 2016, or whatever. So you can look up and see what they're saying. And in a lot of cases, for example, Ms. Taylor uh, has some has had some doings with uh, awarding some construction contracts that kind of benefit her family's construction company, which you think Republicans would love, by the way. But uh, let's go through these, because these are pretty hilarious. Amnesty for millions of illegals. Mrs. Clinton, I. Mr. DeWine, I. I should note that when they're reading each of these, it shows a picture of Congress, and instead of showing what the House bill is that they voted on, it just says immigration for illegals, period. That's all it says. And no citation, no nothing. Here's another one. Wasteful spending that put America trillions in debt. Mrs. Clinton, aye. Mr. DeWine, aye. 
Wasteful spending. Wasteful spending on what? Who cares? No need to know that. They think their base is stupid. You don't need to know the facts. Just trust us. He voted with Hillary, and that's all you need to know. Uh, you don't need to know what the bill was about. You don't know anything was attached to it. You don't need to know nothing except the fact that D.C. DeWine voted with Hillary. Pretty funny stuff. Here, I'll give you some more. Gun control that trampled on the Second Amendment. Mrs. Clinton, aye. Mr. DeWine, aye. And now they're just making stuff up. Because if you go to Hillary Clinton's voting record, I'm looking at this on votesmart.org, she voted on five gun bills. And let me see, prohibiting funds in, uh, okay, so let me see, do you decrease, because she didn't vote on that one, so she actually voted on four. Firearm Confiscation Prohibition Amendment. What that means is uh, she voted against the government being able to seize your guns, basically. Against, she voted against it, she voted nay, okay? Uh, Firearms Manufacturer Protection Bill, there were two of those, she voted against those. That, um, That was a proposal that would keep gun manufacturers from being sued in the case the firearms were used against you know, if you want, if someone was shot, you could sue the gun manufacturer. Now, that's a separate issue, but that's not trampling on the Second Amendment. That's not saying you can't have a gun. That has nothing to do with you having a gun. That's just holding gun manufacturers responsible, which is a whole different argument. And then the one she voted yes on was the Child Safety Lock Amendment. This means that gun manufacturers are required and, and gun owners to store uh, firearms safely. Oh, heaven forfend! Uh, alert the town elders! Uh, so, um, and I guess Mike DeWine voted on that too, and good for him, because that sounds like something that might be a good idea. Okay, so, you know we hate false equivalencies on this program, but on the other side of it, and the, of course, you know, the, the two sides aren't equal, one side is way worse, and it's usually, well, guess which side, but it is funny, uh, let me see, one of the folks running for the uh, governorship on the Democratic side, that would be Richard Cordray, uh, he runs a, a commercial that uh, praises how much he uh, and him and Obama are similar. So it's the same tactic, really. It's the, it's the Trump anti-Hillary tactic. There, Richard Cordry, of course, was the former director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which was set up by President Obama in the wake of the financial disaster. So, you know, Cordry tries to play off that. So, yes, it is done on both sides. It is just done to a ridiculous level on one side and a not-so-ridiculous level on the other side. But no matter who is do- running these ads, these attack ads, and by the way, the Mary Taylor ad, I don't think is being run by her because it doesn't have that little uh, I approve this match at the end of it. It's probably being run by an organization that's just pro-Mary Taylor. But anyway, uh, they still think you're dumb. It doesn't matter uh, who's running it. If they, they want you to vote for Mary Taylor and they think you're dumb. And how not to be dumb, you just simply look up these th- It took me two seconds while I was recording this to look up the Hillary Clinton gun record. Because I was curious as I was recording this. I'm, well, let's look up one of these things while I'm putting this together. And, oh, look at that. So you can do the same thing and it'll keep you from saying, What kind of nonsense is that? If you consider yourself to be an old soul trapped in a modern world, you can relive days gone by in classic imprints from our vast collection at OldSchoolShirts.com. We have vintage tees from all the great American cities like Atlanta, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and more. We've got defunct sports teams, old restaurants, old stores you used to shop at when you were a kid. Just go to OldSchoolShirts.com. It is all one word. Pick up yourself a great and stylish-looking vintage t-shirt, and it really helps the show as well. So as soon as you're done listening, head there. Stuart Up is a stand-up comedian based in Athens, Georgia. He talks about philosophy, history, and tries to weave those into his comedy uh, and makes for a very interesting set. Here now is our interview with Stuart Huff.
last time when you were uh, touring, you were discussing how uh, new ideas aren't really well received by by people. And uh, so, what's what are you talking about these days? You know, right now I'm I'm messing around with the idea of that human beings will do anything. It's just no. I mean, there's nothing anybody could say to me that would really shock me about human behavior. Uh, and plus, on top of willing to do anything, they will also believe anything, which is a that's a lethal combination right there. Yeah. yeah. Now, are there degrees to that, though? Because there's some people, this used to anger my father-in-law, uh, whenever a celebrity would come out of the closet and announce they were gay, he'd get very upset. And I go, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me that anybody is gay. And he goes, if, so, if we found out Humphrey Bogart was gay, that wouldn't surprise you. And I'm like... That would surprise me. It wouldn't shock me. Now, other people, there's certain degrees where some people are like, oh, yeah, I can see it. And other people, yeah, there's, there's certain degrees of shock. But overall, it takes a lot to shock me. Are you that way, too? Or are you just like, oh, yeah, that's perfectly possible, no matter who it is? Yeah, I think, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, when I, I read an article that kids are, you know, eating Tide Pods or whatever, you know, it, you know, or Humphrey Bogart's gay or anything like that. It's, it's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming, but it doesn't, it doesn't shock. Them. Right. I mean, just, yeah. Do you know, I, I can't, I've been spending a lot of time actually trying to think of something that human beings wouldn't do. <laughs> and that's good and bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, human beings will, you know, will, will also do amazing things for each other. You know, that's true. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a really wide palette of what human beings will do. You know, and there was a that story that I think it was around Christmas where a flat earther, some guy that believes the Earth is flat, and so he built a rocket out of scrap metal and is attempted to shoot himself up into space to prove <laughs> his point. You know. <laughs> And the state of Nevada said he w- he was trying to do it out of a park, so they stopped him because of public land. Oh, so I then he was trying to find someone's field that he could shoot himself up. And it's fascinating stuff, just fascinating. I can't. There's no other animal that would do that. That I, you know. So like when I read that, I was like, you know, it's amazing. But you know, I can't say that it. I thought well that I didn't see that come. Yeah, yeah. Well, true, yeah. But do you think that, um, because I know they said over the years, you know, with our generation, you know, uh, movies and TV have kind of desensitized us to violence so much. Do you think the internet has desensitized us just to being shocked by anything that anybody does, good or bad? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I think everything that's in front of our eyes, it it affects the way we think of what life is. I, you know, I don't want to get all crazy philosophical, but, you know, when you think of an example, like I'm driving right now, there are billboards everywhere, you know? Yeah. That we're, we're used to that. It's common. That's what life is. There's, it's, there's these huge billboards everywhere. And then when the billboards came out that were actually, you know, that were computerized that could change. So there, you've seen those where there's like 
you know, it's not just a piece of wood. It's like a a TV screen kind of, and they have five ads rotating. You know, well, that was like, whoa. Well, the first time you saw one of those, it kind of shocked you a little bit. But now it's commonplace, too. So if violence is in front of your face all the time, then that's just what life is. Yeah. And, but I don't, I don't think it would be just violence. I think, you know, it'd be anything. You know, if, if human beings took care of the homeless, let's say, and there was, there were no homeless, then that's the world you lived in, and that's just reality. It's, yeah, that'd be normal. It's not a, it, that'd be normal. Yeah. It's not necessarily a, you wouldn't consider it a shockingly nice thing for somebody to do. It's just what you do. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of what I'm kidding. I'm trying anyway. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to write this show that kind of, in a funny way, of course, sure. describes that behavior. What it, you know, when people say, I, you people say to me all the time, well, you can't get rid of all the guns. That can't is not a word that human beings understand. We can do anything. Look at this. I mean, you, you know, like right now, I have a feeling right now, if you took a vote in this country, should we eliminate cigarettes from the culture? It would probably pass. It would probably be, yeah, let's remove smoking and no, no longer sell cigarettes at all. Yeah. The people, the people in 1975 could not even fathom such a thing. They, they would say that's impossible. Not now. Yeah. You know? I mean, so anything could change, you know? Yeah, if there's a if there's a will to do it, yeah. I don't know if we discussed this last time because you were talking about the kind of the historical perspective of the other show you were doing. But uh, I heard on NPR this they they it might have been Planet Money. They were talking about this thought experiment where you know if you take a person from the 1300s and a person from like the mid 1800s and their the lives really aren't that different. You ride a horse somewhere, you maybe have a cart, you poop in a hole in the ground. That's pretty much it. But then from 1840 yeah. or so to World War Two. This vast change, and yeah, like you're saying, that just becomes, you know, a way of life. You know, we we fly places now. We, you know, we, we do all these different things. We don't go out to the field to get our food. We go into a, a building and get it. And you know, that would have to, if a person in 1840 would be just stunned by that. Yeah, they. I mean, in, a person from 1300 or, or whatever, drop them into this society now, and it would be they wouldn't know how to function. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they would have to learn the ways things are done, you know. Yeah, and it's it's from what scientists tell us, it's not going to stop. It's going to continue to progress uh, in a in a very fast manner, you know. So I don't know. I, I have a two year old son right now, and what he's going to be doing at age forty is just going to be unfathomable to me. Yeah, but that's what scientists tell us, you know. How are we going to deal with that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, is I don't know. It, it seems that I, I guess as we've gone along, you know, future general like you're saying, a person from 1300 wouldn't be able to adapt. But successive generations, you just get used to more and more change, and it, maybe that's how you, you you handle it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as scientists say it, it is. I mean, if if AI, if artificial intelligence takes away all the jobs, then that's going to be a major thing. And, 
you know, it's interesting to what scientists are discussing right now. How are, how is the civilization going to deal with that? If you have 70% of the population is unemployed, they still have to eat. They yeah. still have to clothe themselves. How, how are we going to deal with that? I don't know. That, that's interesting. But in another way, in another side of it, a person from 1300 and a person from 2018 is still a human being. So I don't think they're that different. The society is different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Interesting. So I, I think it's, I think you can set up a society to do, to be anything you want it to be. Anything at all. If you want to live in an educated world, then you, fo- you put focus on education and you build a good school system and you pay teachers well. So the job of teaching is respected. And then people respect money. They respect power and prestige. And you put the, the occupation of teaching, you put it in that category and all, automatically the, the society would become more educated. Because I, th- I think the majority of humans will do whatever their society tells them is right, you know, or tells them is, is popular or cool or whatever word you want to use. In other words, the majority of the people don't actually use their own mind to make up decisions. They just follow. Um, not, not everybody, but yeah. the majority do, you know. But then there are a lot of and, people. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, so then, therefore, if, if I'm right about that, uh, that the majority will do whatever their surroundings tell them to do, if that's true, then you could set up a society where the surroundings actually tell people, use your critical thinking and, and research your opinions and be intelligent and use your mind. And the people would do it. People would be smart because they're just that dumb. You could trick people into being smart, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I think they would do it. Huh. Yeah, the you only... Know, I don't know if I'm right. I'm, yeah. I'm still trying to think about all this sure, stuff. Sure, sure. You know, it makes sense to me. The, the, the only monkey wrench I see in that is that there's people that, you know, to them, it's just, they're like a whole different level of thinking. Like you were talking about the gun thing, some people, they just can't fathom, why wouldn't everybody have a gun? Why shouldn't everybody have a gun? That makes perfect sense. You know, they don't consider the fact that, well, guns go off and they go off when they're not supposed to, not even in their level of thinking. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, but I'll throw this in there. If if I'm right, and I, I keep having to say I don't know if I am. Sure. If I'm right, the reason they think that is because they're told to. That's the society they live in. If you took that same person and put them in a and, and they were born in Canada, say, then they would not have the same opinion. That's they would true. have a different opinion. Yeah. You know, because they grew up in a different society. They grew up in different surroundings. So the ultimate question is, is it really their opinion? You know, or is yeah. it just a societal opinion that they they've adopted? Hmm. Um, so, how far along are you in, in assembling th- this show? I mean, are you uh, 
discussing like part of this on stage to kind of feel out how, where the audience is at and talking about other stuff or how, how's that working out? Yeah, I'm, you know, I think I have, I don't know if I, if things go the way I, I hope they do, then I, you know, I should have another six months of work or something before I think it's ready. It's pretty good right now. I, I'm happy with my show right now. Um, it's, uh, it's been a long haul because my last show, I really liked a lot. And that was great, but then it, you know, once I recorded it on the CD and, you know, released it, then I started working on another one. And it's taken me a while to find another idea that I really am excited about. You know, I'm, I think in my mind, I'm trying to make this show as good as my last one or, or make this show, make it where I like it as much as I like the last one, you know, and that's, yeah. that's turned out to be a, a little difficult, but I, I really like this idea of, um, you know, you can create whatever you want and humans will, will do it. They will follow. <clears throat> and I, I, and I like it from the, from the positive side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you were saying. I mean, yeah. I mean, the positive, I mean, right now we might be, we don't know yet, but right now we might be in a dramatic shift when it comes to, uh, you know, women's rights. I mean, you, you have all these women that are standing up and, and protesting and marching and, and, and the, the attitudes are changing. Men, uh, you know, that are mistreating women are, they're ashamed now. They're, they're lying about their behavior. You know, lying is, it means that you, you know, you'll get in trouble. Right. You know, you, you don't have to go far back in history to where men didn't lie about that kind of macho behavior. They bragged about it openly. Oh, yeah. And now they're lying. Yeah, that's a dramatic shift. That is. And yeah. So if we go forward, you know, 50 years and look back, we, we might say, you know, that, that year right there, 2018 was a dramatic change in the way, you know, men and women uh, live together, you know, in a society. And, Hmm. I don't know. Maybe this is getting too deep in the woods. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. It, it reminded me of something, too. I just saw today on uh, on Facebook a, a comedian from Tabari McCoy. You might know Tabari from your stops in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. Puts, uh-huh. me, puts me in the mind of a more wise, cracky Larry Wilmore, if you will. But uh, he posts these things on mm-hmm. Facebook, and he tags them today in racism. And and sadly, he has lo- there's one every day. But he, I guess some teacher had an assignment in some school it had pros and cons. It was the pros and cons of slavery. <laughs> List the pros of slavery. <laughs> How are people not thinking in 2018? That's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty dumb. Okay. I make stupid, I'm pretty airheaded, but I would never in a million years come up with a, a classroom assignment as a teacher to say, Oh, well, there are some good sides to slavery. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, so I, yeah, I, that's crazy. Yeah. So I guess that's I'd... just insane. And I think, I think, you know, what would you say? I mean, legitimately, at least let's say 80% of the population of this country would think that that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's say 80%. Let's say, let's say 20% of them would actually say, well, no, there were some pros to slavery. Yeah. 80% say that that there was nothing positive about slavery. You, we don't have to go far back at all to where you could flip those numbers. 
that only 20% yes. of the people in this country would think that there was nothing wrong with slavery, you know? Yeah. So it's like, uh, what was the word? Uh, abolitionist. You know, like there, there was, you know, there were abolitionists in this country. It was a minority. It was, a, you know, there wasn't many of them, but no. abolitionists were men and women, black and white, that were standing up against slavery. And it was, there were so few of them that they actually had a name. They were an abolitionist. You don't name the normal. You name the abnormal. Ah, oh, yeah. You know? and yeah, there's no abolitionist left in this country. It's flipped completely now. That now there are racists because they're the minority now. Racist is the abnormal. The normal, you know, I'm not saying that, I know I'm, I'm, I kind of, what I just said is maybe a little wrong. There are lots of racists. I'm not saying there's only five of them. There are oh, yeah, lots yeah. of racists in yep. country, you know. But it's not the dominant thing anymore. It, back then, if there were a group of people that were screaming for equality and the end of slavery, and they were there were so few of them, they were called abolitionists. Now that is the majority of the people in the country. So that, you know, that that's changed. Yeah. And the biggest hurdle that they had to overcome wasn't so much direct opposition. A lot of times it was indifference, at least in the North. I mean, in the South, it was, yeah, it was dig your heels yeah. in opposition. In the North, a lot of people are like, so what? It's down in the Southern states. It doesn't, doesn't impact me. I don't care. So that's the kind of a t the two-sided thing you had to deal with. They had, you know, to convince an entire uh, culture south of the Ohio River, basically, and of, above the river say, no, this is wrong. We, got, we have to do something about this. Yeah. And that's, you know, that brings us back to uh, something you said earlier. I mean, I, you know, the culture of violence and stuff, and a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we see, like you, you could see, you could probably watch a video of, of uh, innocence of, uh, African American being killed every day. Oh yeah, you know, every day. Is that becoming a, a normal? I hope that's not becoming a normal thing. But one positive thing of the cell phone videos that right. are released, and you you see all this. One positive thing is it it makes apathy go away. It you know, like in the sixties when people, someone sitting in their living room in the middle of Nebraska who doesn't care about segregation of schools. They don't, they don't care, you know? And then they see some kids in Alabama that are trying to get into a school and they're beaten with billy clubs. Then the person sitting in their living room in Nebraska goes, well, you shouldn't be beating up kids. You know, yeah. now all of a sudden that person has an opinion and they, and they got that opinion because they saw something that was horrific. So, you know, people that don't care about, you know, innocent people being shot by, you know, crazy rednecks. And, you know, their opinion changes when they see something horrific, you know. Yeah. Well, heavy stuff, man. Um, so people will be seeing you kind of... I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. This is, that's, what I wanted, that's what I wanted to chat with you because our last chat was so fascinating. I know this is, you know, 
uh, I kind of wanted to see where your head was at now with this stuff because, um, yeah, as your buddy Tom Simmons pointed out, you know, you you're you're a great thinker, so it's you know interesting to get some different perspective and, and stuff like that. Um, so, folks, will you know you'll be working on some of this stuff when you're in Cincinnati or uh, in, in the next couple of months? Is that how that's that's breaking down? Yeah, I mean it's it's what's on my mind right now, and right. you know, so that that's what I'll be working on, and you know, I mean the the show I'm doing right now is you know it's, uh, it's good, I like it. It's not exactly where I want it yet, but uh, sure, it's it's definitely getting there. So I'm happy. Awesome. All right, man. Well, drive safely. Have a good uh, trip back down there to Georgia, and uh, I guess we'll see you up here uh, in a couple couple weeks. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Thanks so much, man. Right, bye-bye. Thanks to Stuart Huff for being on the show. You can catch Stuart May 3rd through the 5th at Go Bananas Comedy Club here in Cincinnati. I'm sorry, May 6th is uh, his last date here in Cincinnati at Go Bananas Comedy Club. And then he's down in Orlando, Florida, May 15th through the 20th at the Orlando Fringe Festival. Then back up to his hometown, not really his hometown, I guess his uh, home neck of the woods, North Carolina, uh, Charlotte, uh, close to his home of Athens there, June 8th. Uh, let me see, yeah, June 8th, just for one date at the Evening Muse. And then he goes to Ottawa, Ontario, Grand Rapids, Michigan. You can find out all his tour dates at stuarthuff.net. Stuart is with a W, by the way. And before we get to the song of the week, I wanted to mention that Fangirl has a blog now. It's called Check, Check, Hey, and you can find it at checkcheckhey.wordpress.com. How about that? So do check that out, and let me see what else. Uh, Speaking of my other kid, uh, producer Lizzie, who we call her that, she didn't really produce anything, although she is an excellent artist, by the way. You can follow her uh, let me see. Uh, look, actually, go to our blog on Podbean, and you can find out that like she keeps changing the name of her Instagram account that has her main art on it. I can never keep up. So go to uh, pfradio.blogspot.com, and in the link section, you can find out where to find Liz. It used to be Liz Draws Inc. I think she's changed it. But anyway, uh, she actually has gotten into a young singer-songwriter from England called Declan McKenna. Now, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of his songs, the Song of the Week, and I believe we did Why Do You Feel So Down. That was back in maybe January or February. And I found him where I find most of my new music on Radio 1, although they haven't really played any of his subsequent singles, which I think is kind of weird. He fits right in with uh, your George Ezra's, uh, your uh, Jake Bugs. Uh, I mean, there's another uh, kid now that's uh, out. Of, everybody seems to have one now of you know, these singer-songwriters, but they're all really good. Declan McKenna, no exception. Really, this whole album is very good. It's called What Do You Think About the Car? And uh, this is humongous. It took me a long time to figure out which song was going to be the song of the week. I believe this was also a single uh, back a couple of months ago. But it is Declan McKenna from the UK. His song is humongous. It is our song of the week on PF's tape recorder. So long and thanks for listening. Don't take me along to your show, to your broadcast, I know. I'm good at letting go. Then take me along with your rules, with your promise I swear You spend too much time on your phone and on your head Do you care? I beg you, mongus, enormous and small and it's not fair
Do you care?